Make sure you like, subscribe, and hit that bell icon. Hello, to Let's Sip and Talk with Freema. So tonight, this evening, we are doing part two with Banky Pound. Last night, we seen how, well, not seen, but, you know, he went through, he reminisced about how he grew up and, you know, may have got a little off track somewhat in his teenage years. So tonight we're talking about how, when, when he was arrested, unfortunately, and did 33 years in prison. So, Banky Pound, welcome back. Glad to be back. I appreciate you. Shout out to uh, Alan Williams. Shout out to Prince, you know, and shout out to TBP, man, for supporting me. I hope y'all here tonight, man. Let's support. Let's support. Absolutely. They're definitely in the building or in the live, however we want to say it. You have a true support system. Yes. Thank you, guys. We really appreciate it um, for coming on tonight. We really appreciate that. So, Banky, just, just a little going back to yesterday really quickly. You were sentenced at age 20. Is that right? Yes. 20 years old. And for the ones that may not have tuned in last night, what were you in prison for? I was incarcerated in 1987 for robbery and murder. I was subsequently sentenced to two life sentence, 115 years. Um, I ended up serving 33 years straight. As I said, 12,345 plus days. Um, I went in 87. I came out in 2020 mm. and out um, a month from two years. Wow. 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 So uh, let's just go ahead and get started. The day <laughs> that you, I, I really don't know how this works. So was there a trial? Was there, you know, they just came and picked you up. What was that day like for you? Uh, well, both of those happened. <laughs> both of those days happened. They came and picked me up. You know, locked me up, told me I was formally being charged with uh, this, that, and the third. Then they piled on some more charges. Yeah. And, um, you know, I ended up going to trial. I, as I spoke uh, in my um, YouTube and to you, you know, I had a co-defendant. You know, that was somebody else who was actually a part of the crime who was there with me. So the co-defendant had already made a plea deal. Mm -hmm. So he made a plea deal and for him to get a certain amount of time and for him doing that, he agreed to testify on me. So he testified on me and put all the blame on me. I didn't, you know, admit to anything. So they say, oh, well, he's being hard or he's trying to be tough. So they give me all the time and send me away off the penitentiary. Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't know the law. I was uninformed, you know, mis misinformed. Because that's what happens when you're young and you don't know what you're getting yourself into. I was one of those people. I didn't know what I was getting myself to. I didn't realize the consequences of my actions. I knew that I personally wasn't hurting anybody, scaring somebody and yelling at somebody, you know, and I didn't know what the consequences was. Like I told you last night, you can take a gun and you can point it at somebody and you can demand their money. And that's armed robbery for that alone you can get a life sentence, you know? So yeah. people need to know that out there. Young people need to understand that out there. It doesn't matter whether you hurt somebody. You you actually, well, I don't, I'm assuming it's like this everywhere, but I know for a fact in Virginia, you actually, 
um, can get more time for what you could have done than what you actually do do. Wow. I've known dudes who've got more time for conspiracy to commit than dudes who have actually committed. Committed. I don't understand that. The law is tricky, man. It's tricky. And when you don't know it, it's nothing that you need to be playing with. I mean, in this common sense, you know, you got lawyers to go to school for what? Eight to 12 years to right. know the law. But they expect you to know the law and you ain't been to school now yet. Yeah, right. Law. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's just a tricky situation. It's a situation that you don't want to put yourself into, period. You just mm. don't want to be part of it. So the judge said... 33 years or is that how it went? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Just said two life sentences, 115 years, mm. you know, which could be just that. It could be forever. You know, I didn't have to get out. I had to actually make parole. But see, that comes along with the misinformation. Once I, you know, actually went to trial and was found guilty or or, or or had to take a plea bargain because at the time when I was going to court, they was just coming in effect with the um what they got in Virginia. I don't know if they got it everywhere now. It's called a three-strike law. Whereas to if you was charged with the same uh type of three offenses that was felonies, then they could hit you with the habitual offender law, which means that you would fall under no parole. Right. You couldn't get parole at all. So if you got 50 years, you you know, you you got 50 years. You know what I'm saying? If you got a life sentence, you never went up for parole. You never get out. It was no chance, no possibility. So my lawyer was telling me that at the time that I was going to court, that this was a new law that was just coming out. So he was telling me, well, you've already been convicted of this portion of, of the crime. So if you don't take the plea bargain with what they're offering you right here, then- right. If you just can get convicted of one more, then you gonna fall under the habitual offender where you will never get out. Mm. You know, so it was more or less my back was against the wall according to what was being told to me. You see what I'm saying? But like I say, when you don't know the law because you ain't never been in trouble, your family don't know the law because no one has been in trouble. You you the black sheep, you the only one. So right. everybody, everybody is misinformed and, and, and ill-informed. So we gotta go by what this person did is supposed to know the law is telling us. Mm-hmm. So he's telling me, you know, you've never been in trouble before. You're a first-time offender. If you um, just plead guilty to this and you go in, you go up for parole in 12 years. You stay out of trouble. First-time offender, you're more likely to make it, you know. And this is what I'm being told. This is what my family is being told. So I'm thinking that this is my best option. So this is what I do. Right. You see what I'm saying? But I ended up going to prison and finding out, you know, all of this was, you know, misinformation. Oh, I didn't even go up for parole. I I was in prison for 18 years. You understand? And as far as people making first parole, that was my first time going up for parole after 18 years. And as far as people making first parole in the 33 years that I was in prison, I might have seen one or two people make first parole. One or two in 33 years. So all of that information that they was giving me from the beginning was false information. False. <clears throat> false information. Duff said, how did you feel when the judge said that? 115 years. Don't forget the two life sentences. In the two front. life. Yeah. 
I I felt like I didn't even know nobody can live twice. You know, right. you know, two lives. I thought you only had one life. Mm. You know, it 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 didn't even register with me. I couldn't even comprehend it. It it wasn't even real. Only thing I was listening to was what the the lawyer was saying was that you only got to do twelve years. That's just that's just you know that's name. That's right. the name say, but you only have to do twelve years. So I'm listening to him because he's supposed to be the one who know. He's supposed to be the one who has the perfect information of what they're telling me to do. He's advising me, you know. So I, he said, don't pay attention to that. Just if no matter what, if you got two licenses, three licenses in Virginia, when you got anything over 48 years, you go up for parole in 12. This is what he told me. Right. Didn't apply to me. Uh, <laughs> it didn't apply to me, you know. Mm. Didn't apply to me. So, you know, like I said, I went up, I believe if I'm not, the first time I ever went up was, it, it was either 18, 18 or 19 years before I first went up at all. And then when I did first go up, I got, not only did I not make first parole, I got um, deferral, which means that, oh, they say, oh, no, not only do you not make it this time, but we recommend that you don't even come see us no more for three more years. Wow. Right. You know what I'm saying? So and normally when you go up for parole, you go up the first time after that, you go up annually every year. Oh. But they had just came up with a thing they call a deferral where they can defer you for two years, three years, five years, seven years, saying that, oh, well, we don't think you should make it right now. And you know, looking at the time you got and what you're doing, we don't even need to see you for seven more years, mm. eight more years, four more years. And this is what they told me the first time that I went up. Wow. We'll see you in three more years. So, you know, I went up the first time and the information that my lawyer had told me that I would probably make it, that was false. And not only did I not make it, I was not going to see them again for three more years. So you're mm. talking about 18, 19, 20. 21 years I'm in prison before I even go up for a second opportunity. Right. You know, so so it, they take you once the judge say what he says, uh -huh. that's it. You're you're walking off. You you're not there's no turning back at this point, right? No. Like going in. Once the judge boom bangs that gavel and they say this is the amount of time that you gotta do, this this is it. Everything else has to be legal. Everything else has to go through the court. Everything else has to be filed with briefs and uh, appeals and, you know, documentation and everything. Other than that, whatever is said in there that day that you get, that's law. That's law. Wow. That's so it. did you have to switch? <laughs> like once they, and I know I'm about to sound real crazy, but I want to know. Like, yeah. so is there jail is like your county jail, right? But if yeah. you're going to prison, do you go straight to prison or do you have to sit in your county first? You like with me, you may have to sit because, like I say, everything is paperwork. Mm -hmm. So you got to sit and wait for the paperwork. I think once I got, you know, convicted, I think um, it took maybe two, three weeks and um, they came and got me and, you know, boom, took me off to prison. First uh, place I went, um, receiving Southampton. First place I went, you know, from the jail. So, yeah, they coming to get you because now you're 
you know, you're not you you you're not the the jail's responsibility. You are actually a ward of the state, so they're supposed to get you as soon as possible. But you are actually a ward of the state now. You know, it's nothing no one can do for you. That's what I was telling you last night. You know, for these young dudes out there, you have to, you know, pay attention to where you receiving your information from. Mm-hmm. You know, the people who love you versus the people out here on the street who don't, you know, give a poot about you right. when you come to show. Your buddies, your friends, your homies, they can't pay your bill. They can't pay your bills. They can't put a roof over your head. They can't bail you out. They can't do none of that. And even if they could, they not going to do none of that. You see what I'm saying? So once you get in that position where you done already put yourself in a position where you in jail, you done went to court, you done got convicted and all of that, it's over for you. Your mama can't help you now because you should have listened to your mama at first. You know, and that's what I tell people. I say, when you want to know what's really going on and you want to know who you really trust, not what you think in your mind. Just go, let's go with reality. When you get in trouble and you locked up and you got one call, who gonna be your 911 call? Right. Are you gonna call your buddy? You gonna call the dude you've been hanging out with, or you gonna call your mama? Mm-hmm. You know, you gonna call somebody you yeah. know, go answer that phone and help you. Mm-hmm. So I told you when the push comes to shove, who you were calling your 911 call, that's who you should be listening to and getting your information. Absolutely. Because that's who you trust. You see what I'm saying? Your 911 call should be the same person that you take your information from. Because you know that this person loves me for me. They have my best interests at heart. They have my welfare, my best welfare at heart. These people out here that you're listening to on the street, man, they don't know no more than what you know. And they don't care no more about you than the next buddy that they hang out with at that time. Right. And we need to understand that, man. When we're young, we need to share this information. We need to tell these young kids that. Because like I told you, when you get in there, it ain't nothing mama can do for you. Yeah. You know, nothing. Chaos said, how many times did it take you um, for you to get parole? Man, um, do the math. I I went up the first time and... 2000, I think 2000, I've been locked up 18 years. So I think the first time I went up was like 2005. I didn't make it there 2020. So you were talking about about 15 times I went up and all of them was turned down, turned down. No, 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 no. Until they just finally just said yes. And um, it was a blessing, man. I'm still, I still feel blessed to this day. You know? Hey, Chrissy, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. Um, she said, how does it feel to still answer to a parole officer? It feels better than still answering to COs every day. I can you imagine. Know? You know, it's a big difference, you know. Um, a parole officer out here still has, still you feel, you still feel the weight on your shoulders, you know, and I'm working towards trying to get up off of that, but you still feel the weight on your shoulders. But it's, 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 a, it's a vast difference from being inside every day see the difference of being inside every day you you have no control of no aspect of your life you move when they say move you go where they say go you lock up when they say lock up you eat when they say eat you sleep when they say sleep everything you do is micro 
cosm. You in a, you know, it's right on top of you. You see what I'm saying? So when you out here, that is, you know, if even if you got to still got a parole officer, that's still minimized by, you know, 95%. Because this is someone you may see once a month, someone you may talk to every now and then, but you still move freely in the world as you see fit to. But in the prison, it's not like that. You know, and that's what I tell these young fellas, bro. If you like anything that you like, anything that you love, anything that you enjoy, just scratch that off the table if you're planning on going to jail or prison because that's what they're going to take away from you. Everything that you love. Everything. Everything. So if you want to live like that for, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years without everything that you love, everything that you like, everything that you enjoy, then prison is where you need to be. Mm. That's what life is like in prison every day, and you get no breaks. It ain't no, I'm tired, I can't take it no more. Today is give me a break. I'm sorry. No, none of that don't work. Are y'all able to when you were there, like okay, so you got to get up bright and early, I'm assuming, or can y'all lounge a little bit? Like, are y'all able to go back and nap or at one at one point in time they let us uh get up when you wanted to get up and you know, if you didn't want to go eat, you didn't have to go eat. You could just lay in your bed all day at one point. They even changed that. You know, now you have to get up every morning. You have to make your bed. Some prisons even have inspections where they're checking and making sure your fingernails is not too long, making sure your hair is cut, making sure you clean shaven. You know, they doing that every morning. You know, and if you go get back in your bed, then you're going to receive a charge and you possibly can get locked up in segregation. You have to get up in the morning, make your bed up, clean your room. Same thing your mama telling you every day right now if you're a teenager or if you're a juvenile and your mama telling you make up your make up your bed, clean your room up, go to school, get some good grades. Right. You know, don't be hanging around with these old dudes that's out there that's stuck. Don't, don't do all of it. They're going to tell you the same thing in there. So you can listen now by choice. Right. Or you can listen later by force. You know, now, choice, people who love you. Later, force, people who get a paycheck. Yeah, right. Don't about you. Wow. Same Pam- message. Pamela said, people of color, especially us blacks, don't have the money <laughs> a white person has to fight our cases, period. We can't afford a decent lawyer that will work for you. Absolutely. It's no coincidence that um, rich people you know, get charged with almost the same thing and and probably don't go to prison or get just a minimal amount of time or either probation or parole. But see, that's a problem within the system and within itself. You see what I'm saying? Because why should you have to be punished even more just because you don't have resources? So is it about resources or is it about the law? Right. You see what I'm saying? Then you got to put it on the scale. Is it about the crime or is it about how much money you got? So am I punishing you for what you did or am I, or am I punishing you because you can't pay? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So that's something that's, that's a bigger question than we need to be answered by other people that's sitting in power positions because you have several people who, who uh, have the same. I was actually, um, I was actually locked up with a dude that was a heir from a, um, a rich family um he was an heir for a rich family and he was a white guy mm-hmm. and he had like 
where I would say he was accused of like three rape charges, right? Uh, four, four as a matter of fact, four what? rape charges. He had four years, a year for each one of them. What? I'm actually in the block with the same, the same guy was in the same block with me who was charged with one rape and he received two life sentences in like 40 some years. Oh my God. And they was going to trial at the same time. Ended up in the same prison in the same block with me. Now you do the math to that. You know what I'm saying? So it's just how the system is. It's something that was happening before me. It's something that's going to probably happen after me. After, yeah. Right. But it's something that needs to be addressed. But nothing is going to be addressed until people, you know, collectively address it and stop listening to the propaganda what they feed you because they're only going to feed you what they want you to eat. Right. You know? But they're not going to give you the whole story until you start asking questions. And it's not really affecting people until it affects them personally, until they got a brother, a son, a nephew, an uncle, but or him. somebody who goes through it. And then you will start to look at it differently and you will see it from a different perspective. Absolutely. Um, is that Kishma James? Um, she said, where did you get your misinformation from? I believe you said your lawyer, right? Misinformation from my lawyer, misinformation from growing up around my peers that I'm hanging around with, you know, in the streets. When I first got into, I got locked up for robbery. When I first got into robbery, it was because I was hanging around with a dude that came from New York to D.C. And that was what they was doing up there. So we was young and he telling me, oh, man, we could just, you know, point a gun at somebody. We ain't got to have no bullets in there. They going to give you the money. Ain't nobody get hurt. La, 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 la. That's, you know, he... He don't know what I just told you. Right. You can do that all day. You can take an empty gun and point it at somebody and take their money, and you get caught. You can get a life sentence. Period. You know, it, it, that's just reality. But he don't know that. But he misinformed. So he misinformed me. So now I'm taking misinformation as fact, and it's not. You see what I'm saying? But the only one that's going to pay for that is me. Right. Right. He's not going to pay for the information he gave me. You see what I'm saying? So, like I say, misinformed people misinform people. So it's our job when we know better to do better, but also to teach better. Absolutely. To give that information back to the young kids who don't have that. You know, because a kid can go out there and make a mistake just because he misinformed, not knowing what he faced and, and ruin his whole life. Mm. Michelle said, could you have appealed it? I could have, and I did, and it wasn't no better. It wasn't no better. It was not no better. Let me tell you something. I heard this when I was locked up, and I know this to be true now, but when I first heard it, I didn't understand it. They say once you're convicted, no matter what your crime is, and you're locked up, they say that right there alone is one of the most difficult things to reverse in the world. Period. Because you got to understand that these people have already convicted you in the court of law. So they, they are in an authority position. You're talking about judges, lawyers, uh, prosecutors, everybody. No one wants to admit that they was wrong. No one wants to admit that they made a mistake. No one wants to admit that they over-sentenced you or anything like that because that opens it up for lawsuits. Right. right? And they don't want to do, to deal with that. Now, let's back up a little bit. When I told y'all when I was first going to trial 
and they said um the the new law was coming up about about the three strike law which my lawyer told me to to you know take a plea bargain because I would fall under this and I would never get out. Mm. Now fast forward our way till right now present day you have dudes getting out of prison right now because Virginia misapplied that law. Mm. For all of this time for 30 years Miss Virginia misapplied that law. That law was intended for you to have a charge, not three charges. You could get locked up with five charges. So they were saying, if you got locked up and you got five robbery charges, oh, you fall up under the habitual offender because you got three or more, and they was giving you no parole. That is not how the law was written. The law was written as if you come in there, you can have five charges, but this is your first time in court. If you get out, go get another one, come back, get out, good. That's how the law was intended to be applied. Mm. Virginia did not apply that that the whole time. They got dudes that's been in prison right now for 25, 30 years. They're letting them out now each and every day, you know, because they misapplied that law. Each and every one of those dudes could sue them, but they're letting them out under the conditions that you will not forge a lawsuit against us. Mm. You see what I'm saying? This is, but they saying this is justice though. And these people done did 25, 30 years under a false law. A false law. And yeah, I want to go ahead and get out. So now I'm not going to press charges. I'm not going to. Right. Know. And who would who would not take that deal? Because <laughs> you've been gone 25, 30 years yeah. just saying to yourself, man, this is ready to go. freedom. You see what I'm saying? And yeah, so it's, you know, it, it's a lose-lose, man. It's just a lose-lose. That's why I tell these young cats, do the right thing, man. Right. Just do what you got to do. Oh. No matter how hard it is. Do what you got to do is better than the alternative. Trust Um, Kishma said, what was your mind? I mean, where was your mind knowing you were leaving your young child behind? Um, What was on your mind? Excuse me, Kishma, knowing that you were leaving your young child behind. That must have been a heavy feeling that day to carry. Very, very heavy, man. Very heavy. Um, Not only was I leaving um my young child behind i had a daughter already and i uh actually had a son on the way mm. you know so it was all of that going on with you know the reality of what you got to face right now and the amount of time that you have to face it the disappointment to did you cause for your family the disappointment you caused your mother the disappointment you it's just it just was a smorgasbord of feelings but all of that has to be compartmentalized as well because once you get inside the walls, now you got to worry about, you know, surviving. Mm. You, know, you have to worry about surviving. So your whole perspective has to shift in order to survive. You know, like, survive. Are you meaning like how we see on TV? Like people really be wanting to try to fight you or or take food. I don't know. You know, like, is that real? Like they really, really. Is 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 I can assure you, I can assure you is really than anything you've seen on TV. Oh god, TV is fictional. This this is real, you know. This is actually real. And and I tell people all the time, it's nothing you've seen on TV, it's nothing that I seen on TV. And once you're in prison for especially for as long as I was in prison, you're I'm a 
you know, I watch TV every day. You know, mm-hmm. there's nothing I've seen on print on TV. There's nothing I've seen in a movie that can even compare to a real prison life. Wow, it's it's it's, it's nothing. You know, and it's like um, they can only give you a perspective that, of what someone else heard or what someone else said. It's the same thing. What I say is mm-hmm. only perspective of what I've seen and what I've experienced. But it's just like you can eat a meal or I can eat a meal and tell you how good it is until you go travel and you go travel, but you can have a totally different right. You know what I'm saying? But I know for a fact that prison is I don't think it's I don't think it's humanly, I don't think it's built for humans. I don't think it's really I really don't. I just don't, you know what I'm saying? Because you you and and it's a strange thing because they they hire humans to work there. They hire regular people to work there, but somehow they brainwash these people that they are desensitized to what the, how they're treating you, mm. how they're looking at you, how they are uh, you know dealing with you. They don't even look at you as human no more. And this is coming from a regular person who never worked there before. Then they get a job, and within a certain amount of time, they're they're. So brainwashed that they look through you, past you, over you, like you're not even a human. Wow. Do you, you know? think they um, teach them to be that way so people won't be so easy to be persuaded to do things or bring in contraband, have sex with the inmates? You know, this is what, this is what they tell them. This is the reasoning they use for telling them this is why you should do this. All inmates are con artists. All inmates are gay. All inmates are drug dealers. All inmates want you to bring drugs. This is where they drill in their head to them when they get them a job. Now, I know this firsthand because officers have told me this. Officers that they got cool enough with me to speak to me have told me this. You know, this is where they're drilling in their head when they're getting the job, when they're getting hired. You see what I'm saying? So this is brainwashing 101 right here. You know, how can you categorize anybody? That's no different than saying that Oh, I don't like you because you black. Oh, I don't like you because you Puerto Rican. I don't like you because you white. You stereotyping people. You don't know who's in here and who's what is what about. I ain't never did drugs in my life, so I ain't gonna never try to corrupt nobody into doing something about drugs. You see what I'm saying? But they put a blanket, you know, uh, 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 identification on everybody that's locked up, and they tell these people that when they come in, you know what I'm saying? And it's it's to no avail because People are going to like who they want to like. People right. are going to do what they want to do. But for the most part, some of those people, they buy into that. Oh, don't talk to me. I don't want to say that. And they come in with a nasty attitude. And once they get away with it for a little while, then that's who they are. That's who they become. And once once they become a part of the system, man, it's over. I seen people come there the mm. first year, be nice and kind and cordial. And you see them three years later, a total metamorphosis, a wow. total cussing, screaming, yelling, you know, giving you charges, all types of stuff. So it's just like I say, it's 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 um it's a crazy world, man. It's a mm. world world that you know I'm employing you not to have no parts of. Yeah, I definitely don't want it. Oh goodness, um, stuff said, um, what do you wish you would have done different? Listen to my mother. I wish I would have listened to my mother. I would. I wish I would have listened to people who 
knew what I needed when I didn't know what I needed. People who loved me when I didn't know that I was being loved. Right. People who gave me advice that was good for me when I didn't know it was good. You know, that's what I wish I would have did different. Mm. Because everybody that I listened to, everybody that I depended on, everybody that I put stock in was the wrong people. Yeah. It was the wrong people. You see what I'm saying? Because when all of the chips fall, they was nowhere to be found. But these people stayed here for 33 years. You see what I'm saying? They stayed here for 33 years. They loved me through what I was going through. Right. You know what I'm saying? So these are the people that I should have been listening to, understanding, realizing that my life was more valuable than I placed on it myself. So those are the things that I wish I would have did different. I wish I would have been a better listener. You know, I didn't start listening until I got in prison, Mm. you know, but I think we all have to be great listeners in order to yeah, in order to be great accomplishers, you have to be able to listen. You have to be able to take in information and apply that information. If you don't know how to do that, then you're not going to get nowhere. If you always think you're smarter than everybody else, then you already are the dumbest person in the room. Yeah, I get it. I can get it. How did you, like, what were some of the things that you did in prison to help those days go by, like, did you count them day by day? Like, oh, I'm striking yeah. off day one, yeah. off day two. Like, yeah. what was something you did daily, or you know, what did you do to get through those days? I worked out. I, I exercised. Uh-oh. Exercise played a major role in making it through them days. Exercising, I got into reading at one point. Where I, re- I read tons of books. Um, reading exercising, you know, meditating. Um, and like I say, listening, you know, older dudes who have been through a lot of things and been locked up for years and decades and stuff, you know, some of them, if you catch them, they want to uh, give you advice. They want to, you know, uh, teach you. They want to, you know, they, they want to get what they have on their chest off of their chest. You just have to be willing to listen to them. You see what I'm saying? And I was young enough and at that time, you know, smart enough to pay attention to them. They, I knew what they were saying could be of value to me moving down the line. Because like I say, when you have the amount of time that I have, you don't know if you're going to get out. You just hope you get out. But they don't have to let you get out. So I didn't have to get out. They didn't even have to let me get out. I got an a, a old cell partner in there right now. He got locked up. Same amount of time I did. He ended up being myself. I didn't know him before we went in. But he's actually a homeboy. But he got locked up. He's older than me, but he got locked up at the same time I did, at 20. And here it is. I did 33. He's still locked up. He's in 40 years right now. Mm. And going from 20. You see what I'm saying? From 20. And he doesn't even have a murder charge. So what can you say that has a person locked up? for 40 years and they ain't even took a life mm. you see what I'm saying so and then a lot of people who watch my um who watch my YouTube banking panel they know about Bo Billy right it's this dude that I talk about on my channel this man has been locked up now this year will be 50 years 50 since he was 18 
and he does not. I want this to be clear. He does not have a murder charge, has never killed anyone, wow. hasn't killed anyone inside the system. All that they said he did in the system, he still has not killed anyone. Mm. And yet locked up for 50 years. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So people don't understand that this is going on. And people will say, oh, well, if he been locked up that long and they just heard it, they'll automatically say, oh, he must have did all of this. So he did. All. He was a, you got stupid. People who, the, the people who killed Malcolm X ain't stayed locked up longer than I did. You see what I'm saying? So you got somebody who shot the president before who ain't stayed locked up longer than both right. locked so, you know what I'm saying? Mm, 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 mm. Uh, Michelle says, sometimes you got to study your own case because they will lock you up and throw away the key. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ruth said, um, jailhouse attorneys are sometimes better than the ones on the streets. They got more. They got more invested. Mm. They got more invested. They fighting for their own life, their own liberty. Most of the lawyers is fighting for the paycheck. Yeah. Wow. Michelle said, anyway, once you're young, they holding you for at least 20 years. That's like crazy. Chaos yeah. said, there was a judge around my way that was throwing the book at everyone and vowed to send us a million years before he retired. And he did. Quite a bit of them ended up being overturned eventually. So they have goals set. <laughs> what did I tell you? I'm trying to tell you, man. The game, the game, like I say, the game is rigged. It, 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 it's most definitely rigged. But, you know, like I say, with me, I preach, no matter how rigged it is, you got to don't even get in the game. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I always say, it's a piece of philosophy to say, um, the best way to avoid any situation is to remove yourself from the equation. Yeah. If they if 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 you can get this amount of time for dealing with drugs, I ain't dealing with drugs. If you can get this amount of time for playing with guns, I'm not playing with guns. Right. Get this amount of time for robbing, I'm not robbing nobody. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Remove yourself from the equation, and these things will never even apply to you. Mm. You see what I'm saying? What's harder than you know you applying yourself and going to school and going to college and putting that work in and whatever the, the professor may do, however long the hours may, it be sitting in a cell, my brother, with nothing and right. nobody and around a bunch of hate 24-7-365. Come on, man. It don't mm -hmm. add up. It don't add up. Um, definitely, Michelle, trouble is easy to get into but hard to get out of. Oh, we used to call it the Roach Motel. You check in, but you ain't checking out. Out. Mm. Ain't checking out, man. It's not that easy. I see that now, Ruth. She said TV cannot compare to real prison. Oh, no. No. All mm. those is them just shows, man. The closest you can get to a movie or a TV show about prison is the way the prison might look. That's it. What's going on in there and how they doing it, that's going to be fictitious. It's going to be fictitious. Um, Chaos said it's true that they feed you food that they say is not for human consumption. What? My 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 brother that I just told y'all he did 40, he's worked in the kitchen most of his life in prison because he's a cook. 
he's actually seen the boxes come in and it says on the boxes they have to remove the label says not for human consumption i'm dead <laughs> yeah man what yes and it's no coincidence that a lot of people man a lot i'm and, and i'm just saying this is factual a lot of people who did as much time as i did or around the amount of time i did have gotten out lately and have come down with cancer and I mean, I just like two people have died within the last two months. Dudes have called me. They got out there 20 years, 25 years, and then they didn't have, ended up having colon cancer or something like that. Oh my Eating God. that food. They don't even have a name for it. They don't call it pork. They don't call it beef. They don't call it uh, poultry. They call it bulk meat. Bulk meat. You see what I'm saying? So I didn't eat it for, for decades and decades. I, I, decades. You know, I would have starved before I, you know, actually ate that. So, you know, mm -hmm. that's what they feed every day. And, um, yeah, it's, I told you, prison is not meant for humans, period. Just like the labels say, not for human consumption, prison is not meant for humans, man. This is something that they came up with as an alternative for, for slavery, you know, this is what this is the pseudo slavery right here, man. Mm. Wow. Tuzu said, Big bro, I was a new CEO. I wanted to keep a cold face to let the female inmates know not to play with me because we were led to believe that the inmates would turn and turn you into ducks. I don't know, I don't know what that means, um, as far as ducks, but yeah. I get soft. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, see, that's that's the facade. You see what I'm saying? That's the facade. They're gonna tell you everything that is in line with their philosophy, everything that's in line with their agenda. You see what I'm saying? No one is going to tell you anything that's, whether it's true or not, if it don't line up with their agenda. You see what I'm saying? Their agenda. And the main people who are telling you that is probably the ones that's breaking the law even the most. Every institution I've ever been on, um, it was a CO uh, somewhere breaking the law and enforcing the law. Telling you to lock up at this time, telling you that this is what this and this is what that, but yet at the same time, he bringing in this, he bringing in that, he's doing this, he's doing that. So they're enforcing the law and breaking the law. So what, you know what I'm saying? It's, you know, it don't even add up. It don't add up. I couldn't even, um, Victoria said chaos. They did where I was at said not for human consumption right on the side of it. I can't even like stay on that one. Yeah, you you it's crazy, man. It's um you if you saw it, you would know by looking at it that it wasn't meant, you know. It was it's nothing that you would probably give to your dog. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Tutu said a duck is when they try and get you to give them things they are not supposed to have. So I think I know that's like contraband, right? right like cell phones right. and, and can y'all right. have cigarettes and stuff in there? At one point, they just took the cigarettes out. And when I was in there, they took the cigarettes out and I think like, I want to say 2010 or 11, somewhere around there, they, they, they took them out. But they had them in there at first and then they took them out. So right now, that's the biggest moneymaker in prison. Cigarettes. Know. Right before I left, you could get a um, 
you can get a pack of Newports in there, a pack of real cigarettes in there, and probably sell it for probably two hundred and fifty dollars. God dang on it! <laughs> yeah, so, cheap. have you heard about this? Um, I don't even know the name of it. It's something you can put on paper, and yeah. they smoke it. I guess I don't know what they do with it, but it's something you can buy off Amazon. Could be. I don't know. I don't know about the Amazon, but they got they got they got everything in there. They got synthetic stuff. They got stuff you can put on paper. I did. I've, I've recently heard what you're talking about. Probably, um, yeah, I heard they could put that stuff on paper and get it in there and break it up, and they would come and you know. Yep. Yeah, I heard all of that. Wow. You know, but so, I know dudes who got rich in prison off of off of illegal stuff. I mean, rich. What? So do like some of them pay the COs so they won't snitch on them so they won't hey I gotta no, sell no the COs is the ones who bringing it in you can't get that stuff in there without a CO you can't get you can get it in there without a CO but you can't get bulks of it in there without a CO how you gonna get pounds of weed in there without pounds a CO? they be bringing like that much in there listen they got they get and then, <laughs> I, a dude just told me, I just talked to one of my guys in prison there. He just told me about a couple of months ago, they just found like 30, 40 cell phones and about four pounds of weed and about two or three ounces of cocaine. So where you, where is that going to come from besides the office? Yeah, I know it comes from them, but do they, the, the officers then turn and say, okay, now you got to pay me. So, no, because they brought it in. So they can't. No, even, they right? get paid They get paid up front to bring it in. Yeah, got you. Right. They get paid. They're not going to snitch later. How do you know that? Well, because they can say who brought it in, huh? Yeah. So, you know, and nine times out of ten, they probably got more money than they was making on their check, and they probably looking for the next time, so they ain't trying to tell on nothing. If anything, what they're going to do is double back and tell you that if the heat is on, hey, they're looking at you. They know you might got something. They're giving yeah. to come at you. They're going to be your lookout, your liaison, as well as your mule that's bringing it to you. But they're going to keep their ear to if anybody know that you getting some, they're going to come run and tell you, look, you better, they, they know about you. You woo, woo, woo. Yeah, so it's a, it's a tricky game, man. It's a, it's a tricky game. Tutu said, and if you give them one thing, they then force you to give them other things by threatening to tell the warden to lose your job. Absolutely. So Absolutely. you like Chuck. Yeah, that kind of dude is called a sucker, Tutu. That's, <laughs> that's what he's called. He's a sucker. Yeah, he's a sucker. You know? mm. um, Ruth says she never heard of that one. Chaos said, did you ever do time in Red Onion? No, and and gladly I didn't. <laughs> I was right, right up under Red Onion. I was at Wallace Ridge, and um, I never went to Red Onion. Never wanted to go. Never, never wanted to go to Wallace Ridge, but unfortunately, I did. Mm -hmm. Um, Michelle, um, I guess she came in a little late. She asked, "What was your charge?" Y'all make sure y'all like, subscribe, Banky Pounds, um, YouTube, my YouTube, let's sip and talk with Freema. Like, subscribe. Share. And go to my other uh, page as well, Banky Pound. Pure Deliciousness. New Super Bowl meal coming out. Ooh, okay. Yes, yes. She asked, what was your charge? My charge was murder and robbery. That was my charge. 
if you uh, watched the first video I ever made, explain everything that you want to learn. And Chaos said, free Bo Billy. Free Bo Billy, man, 50 years. 50 years. That's insane. You know, that's insane. Mm, that's and like I say, when you put it in perspective, the man who shot the president is free. You know what I'm saying? The man who shot the president is free. The man who killed Malcolm X is free. And he's still there. Tutu said, if you give them a pen and they should only have pencils, now they want you to give them cigarettes. And you, if you don't, they tell the warden and to try and get you fired or locked up. What? So, like you said, them suckers. Yeah, them suckers. Eddie. Them suckers, right? Them suckers. See, dudes, dudes like they get beat up where, where, where I was at because they make it bad for anybody who might be wanting to do something for real and who might be genuine and who might be trying to, you know, do whatever they're trying to do. When you get dudes like that, yeah, they usually get beat up when they get found out. They get they get beat up, you know. So, yeah. yeah. Like I say, man, um, I don't know, man. I, 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 I've been going over in my mind trying to think of a prison movie that would best depict prison, you know, closest to being accurate. And I see my black card again because you know I probably didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a lot of them, but I can't, uh, I can honestly say I can't, I can't say one that's, you know, accurate, accurate. I just can't. You know what I'm saying? I've seen a lot of them because, like I say, every prison that I went to was different. But it still had an underlying baseline of what was, you know, the norm. Right. But it's just gonna be, you know, what I'm saying different within the characters, the, the administration, the the people that you're dealing with on a day to day basis. But the rules still the same. Right. You see what I'm saying? And it's not being told out here. It's not being explained out here. And that's why these young dudes will watch it, or they see these dudes come home and they do two or three years, and they come home and they give them these false information like oh i was all right i was doing it man they probably was getting you know drug in there yeah but they don't want to tell you that and they're mm -hmm. not gonna tell you that and then uh, that's what i say that's a sucker too someone who goes through something and want to see <laughs> you go through it just because they went through it instead of trying to prevent you from going through it because they know what it's like like you see so i have saying? a question pertaining to that so when you get your cellmate is it now y'all locked in? Like if he fight, I got to fight or it's going to be beef between us? Like, it, it, I mean, normally if he, if, 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 if you going to stay in there with him, my rule of thumb was if you was good enough to sleep in there with me, then I ain't letting nobody bring no drama to you. Gotcha. you know? Because if I felt like you wasn't good enough to even be sleeping in there with me or for me to, to try to, you know, defend you if some drama come to you, Mm -hmm. then you don't even need to be in my cell. Got you. You know what I'm saying? You need to get up out of here. But like I say, you the thing about that that changed was you can't pick your cell partners no more. You can't pick them. The administration put them in there. Now, when I first got locked up, you get somebody in there you don't want to be with, you know, you tell me, hey, look, I ain't trying to hate you in here, man, man, you ain't matching the whatever, whatever. And you know what I'm saying? If he don't want to listen to that, you do whatever you got to do, but he getting up out of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They changed that too. You know what I'm saying? Now they can put anybody in there. They put somebody in there, you say, oh, look, 
you know what? Look, I don't rock with you. You got to go woo woo. Nah, they go to the people and tell the people, and then the people will come tell you, either you let them in here, there's any type of problem, then you need to pack your stuff, you going to jail. So they're going to move you, even if they're bringing somebody in your cell, they're going to move you, opposed to if you're giving that person any type of problem. And they can put anybody in your cell, anybody that they see fit. You could be a Muslim, they could put a Jewish dude in your cell. You could be a Christian, they could put a, 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 a Buddhist in your cell. You know what I'm saying? You could be a racist. They could put a Muslim in there. They, they, they. It's up to them. Do they try to match like crimes? They, 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 they say they supposed to try to put some type of compatibility. That's not so. Mm. That's not. You so. have to deal with racism in prison. Like oh. was it like noticeably? I know it's probably crazy, but was it like noticeably like with the inmates, with the COs? Was it? a noticeable problem in there not 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 on regular prisons not on regular prisons because uh unlike anywhere else in the world in prison the black man dominates okay. you know so it's gonna be 90 percent black people in prison anyway so it ain't like white dudes in prison running prison no prison i've been to they ain't running no prison mm -hmm. but the administration is a different ball game right then you're gonna have to deal with racism when you're dealing with administration, especially when you're talking about a place like Red Onion and Wallace Ridge, Augusta, uh, King Mountain. Man, those people is is uncut racist. I mean, you're going to have to deal with... I dealt with racism up in Wallace Ridge as if you was watching a Alex Haley movie, Roots or something. Mm -hmm. That's how they was up there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, real... I mean, realistically, tobacco chewing, spitting, calling you the N-word right in your face, daring you to say anything about it because they got the gun on you. Oh, God. They shoot you. They got the dog, attack dogs up there. Yeah, they yeah, they was they was nasty with it. That's the worst place I ever been in all of my time being locked up. Jeez. Straight racist. Ruth says she worked with males and didn't have many problems because she knew to get respect, you had to give respect. Absolutely. Most yeah. of the time, most of the time, if you act like that and you give respect, then you, you know, you ain't coming in there like you trying to straight abuse somebody or handle somebody and you respecting them. Most most of the time, real, real, real dudes gonna respect you for that. Yeah. Mm. Um, chaos, um, and this is probably something he may answer tomorrow because we're doing a part three. This is life after prison tomorrow for part three chaos. Um, she said, did you have to do a reentry program being you were released on parole? If so, did it really help you with the transition back into society? Yeah, I, I answered that when you when it's oh, more tomorrow. Crazy. So he'll answer that. Make sure you tune back in tomorrow chaos where we're going to talk about life after um, prison. For Banky Pound. Um, stuff said VA is Commonwealth laws are different here. Yeah, they mm. different too. They different too. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, I think they're still talking about the food. I think everybody can't get over that. Uh it's real. I didn't eat in the um I didn't eat in the kitchen for probably about I know it was over 20 years, but I want to say, I'm trying to So say you that. had to buy it, and I know I'm probably going to mess this up, from the commissary? Is that what it's called? Buy it from the commissary or stop. I won't, I won't eat in that garbage. I won't eat. 
Only thing I ate out of the kitchen was fried eggs, sometimes boiled eggs, and um, fried eggs, boiled eggs, and sometimes they had hot dogs. And it depends on whether the hot dogs was made of beef or or something else. If it was made of something else, I ain't eat it. But mm. for the most part, eggs and boiled eggs is the only. And sometimes they didn't even have um real eggs they had powder eggs so i didn't eat those so they didn't have real eggs or boiled eggs i didn't eat anything out of the kitchen breakfast lunch or dinner for for the better part of 20 years so, yeah. um mm, parker said what's your youtube channel or your social media information my youtube channel is banky pound on youtube um banky pound pure deliciousness on youtube two different channels um my IG is Boxing Bank, which would should take you straight to Banky Pound. I have a Facebook, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know this social oh that's tomorrow. Look at me about yeah. to go into life yeah. now because yeah. I'm gonna ask you about social media tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Oh god. They say they're looking forward to the new recipe on pure delicious. Banky pound. Baby. Gotta get that Super Bowl recipe before the Super Bowl. Before the Super Bowl Sunday, y'all. Make sure y'all yeah. get that recipe. Go check it out. Shawshank Redemption Prison reminds me of Picks of the Wall. It, it 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 looks like it. The yard, the yard definitely looks like the wall was. That's how the, that's how it was. When you walk in the cell block and you see how those cells was, that's how the cells was too. And in the wall. And in um, 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 the penitentiary, uh, Powhatan. Mm. Powhatan in the wall looks just like Shawshank Redemption. That's that's how it looks on the inside. That's how the yard looks. But uh, you see how some of them police was how they was, you know, beating you and and, and, and carrying them in there like like that 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 officer in Shawshank Redemption. That they would do that to you. Especially up there in the mountains. When they get them handcuffs and stuff like that on you, that's what they'll do to you. But when you see how the warden was to Andy Dufresne, how he handled him and made him do what he wanted to do because he had the power and the authority over his life. That is real. Mm. They can do you any kind of way they want to do you. And what can you do? You right. Oh, what you going to do? Call your mom? Nothing. <laughs> you know, call your, your, your wife, call your daddy. It ain't nothing they can do. They listening to your phone calls. They already know what you're telling the people out there. They It ain't nothing you can do. Whatever you say, they're going to deny it. Whatever they say, you're a convicted felon. They don't believe you. It's just like that. You see what I'm saying? And that's that's what I'm trying to say. You cannot, you know, if you own these streets right now and you you and you doing bad or you struggling or whatever, man, you you in a privileged position because you out here. On the streets, that is the key word. But once you get behind that wall, my brother, your fight becomes one thousand percent times harder than whatever you got going on out here. Mm, 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 mm. One thousand percent, my brother, because you can be doing bad out here today and be bouncing back next week. That's the truth. You're not bouncing back in there until they let you bounce back. I told a story when I talked to them um, dudes. I, I spoke at Elizabeth City State University, and 
I told him, like, when you in there, like, chess is an ego game, you know, because everybody want to be smarter than the next person. Right. You know? So when you do play chess and say, I play this dude and he beat me 10 games in a row, which it ain't going to happen with me. I'm just saying hypothetically, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but he beat me 10 games in a row. So then when I finally beat him, I won't bragging rights. So he said, oh, running back, you got lucky. And I knocked the pieces. I don't want to play no more. I want the bragging rights instead. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's how it is when you get locked up. See, when you get locked up, see, you start playing checkers out here on the street. Now they playing chess. And then when you get locked up and you, oh, I'm sorry. I, I know better now. No, they knocked the pieces over. Not I don't want to play no more. You see what I'm saying? Now, I had to wait 33 years for them to set the pieces back up. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? And when they did and I won, and even though I'm out here right now, they still trying to set the pieces, but they won't play some more because they won't bring me back. But I leave them knocked over because I said, I don't want to play no more. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So that's how life is, man. When you out here in the game, don't take yourself out the game by falling for some foolishness, some misinformation, some dudes that don't know no more than what you know. Some dudes that's going to be telling you the same thing now 10, 15 years from now. You know, I don't went to prison for 33 years and came back home and seen dudes that I grew up with doing the same thing they was doing when I left. Mm. And that hurt me to my heart. I can imagine. It, it really did. You know, it hurt me to my heart, man. The exact same things. And I'm in there thinking, all I'm missing, all that's going on, I, these cats doing the same thing they was doing when I was out here. Mm. You know, only thing that changes is their age. It's the age. But not their mentality. Crazy. You know, Hassan, I don't know if you ever heard this, and it's probably something I made up. Do you feel like you're preserved when you go to prison? But probably not. I take it back now because of the food. You get yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> but see, in prison, it, that is, that's an old saying. But even though in prison, it, it's an initiative. You got to take the initiative yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You got to you know, want to take care of yourself. Because it's some dudes in there that ain't preserved at all because they don't care at all. You know, you got some cats in there laying in bed all day long, every day, don't get up for nothing, don't care about nothing, you know, because they feel like their life is over and like, well, that's what it is. Woo, woo, woo. You got to be self-motivated. Yeah. You know, you got to be self-motivated. You got to get up because it, it will wear you down. It will wear you down if you let it. You see what I'm saying? Everything starts right here. This is the engine to everything, man. You know, when you tell yourself what you're going to do, what you need to do, what you will do, this right here starts everything. Right. Once you put it in there, it's it's ball game. I don't care who it is. They can't stop you. You're unstoppable once you put it in your mind. You're hmm. unstoppable. What's that? Oh, the cup and pen. <laughs> hey, man. Hey. Okay. Let's sit and talk with Freema. <laughs> Let's sit and talk with Freema and write us a letter. Yes. <laughs> a pen. You can I appreciate it. this. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. I will put it to good use. Um, Kishma said, Banky, it's not too late, but you only need an associate to study law, I think. If you feel you should study law to help inmates, you're smart, and I think you will do well. All right, Kishma. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I'm trying to um, I'm I'm a, um, 
I'm a human study. I study humans every day, you know, and I try to enlighten humans on anything that I find out that might be new or important, you know. Yeah. That's what I want to do. I want to I want to enlighten brothers and I want to educate them. Because I tell I tell people, man, you know, I, I I'm not perfect, man. I I wasted a lot of time in prison, you know, a whole lot of time trying to survive and trying to understand and trying to uh hustle and do all the things I was trying to do. When from day one, if I put myself in that position from day one, I should have been fighting to try to get out of that position. But we get brainwashed into thinking that they give us this amount of time and our lawyer says this and this is what we got to do. That is incorrect. Mm. It's incorrect. You know, you can always change your circumstances. The more you know, the further you go. Educate yourself. Don't take on face value what someone tells you. This is how it is. Mm. This is what it is. This is the end or the be all. That is not true. Because that is a man, and man is flawed, and man is in is is uh, misinformed. Right. So, inform yourself, educate yourself, find out for yourself. When I got busy and said to myself, "Man, I got to get out of here. I can't. I, I just can't." And I started studying, and I stopped, you know, working out, and I stopped uh, playing uh, basketball, and I stopped uh, doing this, watching TV. I got into them books. I got into that library. I started studying and I created my own program and I started looking at things and seeing things and learning things different. And then before you know it, it took two, two and a half years. Then I'm out of prison. Wow. But I did 33. Yeah. But I didn't apply all of that that I applied that I didn't think was in me until like the last two or three. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You have to apply yourself. Don't take things for face value. Yeah. You know, apply yourself. When I started seeing dudes leaving, and I was like, well, what about me? You know, what about me? But I didn't know what they was doing. I didn't know their circumstances. See what I'm saying? You know, you you can change your own circumstances by putting that work in. Right. And, and that's why I say don't take none for face value, man. Study, do your research, do your background, and, and, and figure it out. If it means enough to you, you you, you will dig into it. What I've noticed, um, even just working, you know, while working in a doctor office, you know, like we may have a sign up or, or something, you know, sign if this, blah, blah, blah. no one reads Banky. No one reads. And when I say I get rageful and I know it sounds crazy, but it's like, that's for diabetic shoes. That is not for, you know, it's like read before you sign this stuff. Read to be knowledgeable. Like, I mean, oh, you'd be surprised at how many people. Do not read. It's brainwashed because uh -huh. you, you work in an office, right? And we've been brainwashed to believe that, to look at authority, to look at, if you see a, a, a white man in a suit and he pull out and he get out here in a suit and he walk over to you and he start telling you to do this, that, and that, you would automatically assume that he knew what he was talking about and he's a person in position before right. you even ask who he is. Yep. You see what I'm saying? Because that's the brainwashing that's already been, you know, impregnated in your mind. Yeah. And it's the same thing. People say, because you work there and you give me this paper that say sign, well, I ain't got time to read it. She got to be telling the truth. But you can be signed over your life insurance. Yeah. You know, so that's the brainwashing. So you have to, like I say, you have to do your due diligence, man. And there's a lot of people getting over on the, the fact that other people won't 
you know, do their due diligence. You see what I'm saying? So you got to do what you got to do, man. I, I ain't even signing nothing. I they they've already tried to trick me since I've been out here already. Mm. Wow. wow. Yeah, I ain't even signing nothing unless I read it, unless I understand what it is. And if I don't know, I'm not ashamed to ask. Exactly. I'm not ashamed <laughs> to ask, man. Yeah, hey. I ask a lot of questions. Yeah. I, you know, oh. it's pertaining to me. My yeah. life, I'm asked. Yeah. I don't care how you feel about it? I don't care. Don't they ask. Yeah. They can say I'm the dumbest person on earth, but I won't dumb enough not to ask exactly. you what, what is this? Exactly. Yeah, what is this? Exactly. Thank you, pal. I appreciate you tonight. Like I enjoyed the conversation. You know, I'm glad this is a, a rock or a hill or whatever you want to call it that you're now past. And now we can talk tomorrow about your life now. And, and like, Hey, I said, how did you transition back into you know society so i can't wait to talk to you tomorrow i think we'll be doing noon tomorrow is that right um yeah we'll we'll try to do noon we'll try to do that time right there if okay. anything changes I, we try to touch base but yeah I'm absolutely try to absolutely i appreciate this is there anything that you want to put out there in the universe that we did not discuss tonight that you want to just say i just want to tell people out there just like on the same thing that we've been talking about do not take life for granted, man. Do not take it for granted, man. And as I always say, man, do what you got to do right now. You'll be able to do what you want to do later on, but you have to do what you got to do right now, you know? And I don't care how hard it get, how tough it get. I'm promising you, promising you, it's better out here than it is in there. Yeah. So don't take no chances. Don't throw no bricks at the penitentiary. Don't do none of that foolishness if you out there, young men and young women. You know, think about what you do. Do not do what you think. Right. Think about what you do, you know, because like I say, only you are going to be able to pay for whatever you do in this world, man. And I'm telling you right now, the lowest form you could be on above ground is without your liberty. Mm. Without your liberty, you know, to be told what to do, when to do, how to do, if to do. And you're a grown person. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. never, ever put yourself in that position, man. And um, as I say always, man, be safe, be smart, make good decisions. If you do those three things, your life will turn out much, much better, man. Salute and shout out to Alan Williams for bringing me on this and making this connection. Shout out to uh Prince, you know, the investor show. Shout out to everybody out there on TBP, man. I appreciate y'all support. I appreciate the love. And um, we're gonna keep on moving in 2022. Shout out to everybody who support Let's Zip and Talk with Freeman Kennedy. Thank you. <laughs> you know? So we're gonna we're gonna keep rolling in 2022. We're gonna support each other. That's what we're supposed to do. Each one teach one, you know, and someone learns something from that. Absolutely. Someone grows from that. That's how we build up our community. That's how we build up our businesses. That's how we build up our life. That's how we build up our self-pride and esteem. I love it. I love it. And he summed it up for us, you guys. Thank everybody for tuning in. Banky Pound, thank you. Your viewers came on tonight. Your support came on. I appreciate you guys. Um, shout out to all of you. We really do appreciate it. As we always say on Let's Sip and Talk with Freema, peace and love. Salute. Yeah.